Hallelujah, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Lord, I know you're real. And I love that song by the Brooklyn Tabernacle, Lord, I Believe in You. Good afternoon. Welcome to a cup of refreshing where we are refreshed in the Word of God. In the Bible, in Philemon 1 and 7, it says, Refresh my heart in Christ. That is where the name of my ministry came from, a cup of refreshing. Uh, also in verse 20, it says, Brothers, you refresh us in the Lord. And so just know that even as we come together to study the Word of God, to rejoice, to enjoy his presence. We are refreshed by the word of God. Welcome to the Fishbowl Network today. I am so excited to have you here. And I pray that you will come on in. The water is fine. <laughs> Get your cup of coffee, your cup of tea, your lunch, your snack, whatever you want to bring with you, your notebook, your pen. And just know you are welcome to come and let's go to the table and sup with the Lord. Uh, today is a beautiful day. I don't know if you've been outside and I don't know where you are, but here in uh, Texas, it is a beautiful day and I really am enjoying it. Uh, today, we are going to talk about the power of the gospel in Romans uh, chapter 1, verse 16, and then there'll be various other scriptures that we will look at. But I just want you to know I'm excited for you to be here today. I am excited about the Word of God today. Uh, thanking God for your presence. Thank you for joining me uh, each Friday from noon to 1 o'clock so that we can just bask in God's Word. I'm going to open us in prayer, and then uh, we will go to the text and begin uh, our day in the Word of God. The time passed so fast till I try to make sure that we take our time and we can work through the Word. You know, God's Word strengthens us and empowers us. <laughs> it covers us. It keeps us. It protects us. And so I think it's the most important thing that we do during the day is to spend some time with Jesus. Uh, all of the problems that we have in life really can be handled by Jesus. He is the answer to life's ups and downs and situations and things that occur, whether it's happiness, sadness, or whatever comes at us. Jesus is the way. And so when you learn of him and you get to know him and you have a relationship with him and you fall in love with him, then you learn of him and you get to see the difference in your life. Let me just open us in prayer. And I, I would just want to thank God for everyone that's listening and Ask him to meet needs and, and to cover us today. Gracious Father, we just come to you right now, thanking you for being Lord of all. Father, even as we come into your presence right now with thanksgiving on our lips and enter your courts with praise in our hearts, Father, we worship you. 
in spirit and in truth. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will be glorified in our time together. Anoint me afresh with the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, you stand in my body. You speak with my mouth to the end that others will come to know you as their personal Lord and Savior. We love you, Jesus. Please forgive us of our sin and our iniquity. Forgive us for being stubborn and hard-headed and mean and arrogant and prideful. Those things that interfere with our relationship with you. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll search our hearts, O God. Please, Lord, anything that's not like you, take it away. Please lead us in the way everlasting that we will seek to please you in all of our ways and acknowledge you in all of our ways. Oh, Lord, you are our shepherd and we shall not want. You make us to lie down in green pastures. You lead us beside the still waters. You restore our souls. You lead us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil for you are with us. Your rod, your staff, it comforts us. You prepare a table before us, even in the presence of our enemies. Master, you anoint our heads with your oil. Our cups truly do run us over. Surely your goodness and your mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in your house, O God, forever and ever. Holy Spirit, have your way. As you speak to our hearts today, in the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Again, welcome to A Cup of Refreshing. I am Reverend Marion Nash, and I am so excited to have you today as we spend some time in the Word of God. You know, when I was looking at this passage and actually, this was my very first sermon that I preached, was from Romans 1 and 16. Because I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. To everyone who believes, to the Jew first and to the Gentile. When I was a kid, I lived in the projects. Um, and... Many days, the Muslims would come around to just kind of talk to the children, try to recruit them. I was determined not to let them get them and take them away uh, when most of them didn't even understand what was really going on. And many had not come to Christ. They were still, we were all still young because I was also uh, probably seven or eight. Somewhere there, maybe uh, eight or nine. I'm not sure. I can't remember my exact age, but I was young. And so I would share Christ with the kids. I would get my Bible, my little Bible, and come outside and sit on the porch, and I would share the gospel, especially John 3.16, because I wanted them to know that just like I learned that Jesus loved me, he loves you too. And I would go through it and let them know for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believed in him should not perish but have eternal life. So I would take my time 
and witness to the children in my neighborhood. Some of them friends, some of them I didn't know. But it didn't matter. I just did not want them to be drawn into something that I knew they did not need to be a part of. The Power of the Gospel is the title of my message for today. And the Bible says in Romans 1 and 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and to the Greek. You know, Jesus loved us so much, and y'all have listened to me talk about that on this program, that he had died for our sins. He had already planned before the foundation of the world to die so that we could have eternal life. And so Paul, in that day and time, was kicking against God. He was persecuting the Christians. In fact, they were called people of the way at that time. And he was trying to make sure that they got put in jail or murdered or whatever he could do. He did not want that movement to progress. Little did he know, he, his arms wasn't long enough to box with God. So he was trying to box with the wrong person, not realizing who it was he was actually boxing with. So Paul in Romans 1 and 16 expresses his debt to the gospel. After Paul met Jesus on the Damascus Road, and if you get a chance, go to Acts chapter 9 and read about it. Because Paul was, was going to the, the magistrate, whoever was in charge at that time, and getting them to give him the rights to be able to get people out of the way. And, and, and in droves, he wanted to bring them to prison and lock them up or uh, feed them to the lions or whatever they could do with them because he just wanted them out of there. But one day when he was on that Damascus Road, the Lord Jesus knocked him off his beast. Donkey, mule, whatever he was riding on. A horse. <laughs> and he, he struck him blind. He made Paul go blind. Well, he told him, he said, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And he asked God, who is this, Lord? <laughs> He recognized that whoever it was was stronger than he was. And so God that day got Paul's attention to let him know <laughs> that it was him that he was fighting against. And so Paul was converted <laughs> instantly. If somebody knocked me off my beast and blinded me, I'd be willing to listen to whatever they had to say also. And so Paul at that time was converted to Christianity, and God also called him to preach to the Gentiles. So even at that time, uh, <laughs> Paul knew that the gospel was the only means by which men could be saved. And even today, men still make fun of that message. Some even say it's too simple of a message. But, you know, that message is the message that saves us from our sin. That message is the message that keeps us from going to hell and helps us to go to heaven. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day, and I told them to look at Luke 16. Heaven and hell is real. Uh, 
If you don't receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, or as your Savior and Lord, if you want to say it that way, because he's Savior first, because you receive him to give you salvation, and as you grow in his word, he becomes Lord of your life. So you need him. <laughs> I told somebody I'd rather be found on my way to heaven with Jesus than on my way to hell with Satan. Uh, we're watching so much destruction and stuff from him right now. I don't want to have nothing to do with that. So he knew that the gospel is the only means by which man can be saved. And surprisingly enough, <laughs> things haven't changed that much in the world. The same opposition that Paul faced to the simple message of the gospel, we still face that today. That is amazing to me. So today we're going to look at um, three different things. Number one, the superiority of the gospel. Number two, we're going to look at uh, the sufficiency of the gospel. And then number three, and finally, we're going to look at the simplicity of the gospel because it is simple. You know, when you look at the gospel, it's the righteousness of God, and it is revealed in our life, that is, by faith. And it's faith in Christ that brings salvation. Faith in Christ alone. Faith alone. In Christ alone. Let me say that that way, because that's, it's just... Faith in Jesus Christ. It's, it really is simple. It's not difficult. And the righteous will even live by faith. Paul was converted through the power of the gospel and accepted his apostolic call to preach the good news of Jesus Christ to the Gentile world. The Bible talks about that in Romans 1 verses 5 and 6. God commissioned Paul for the task. That task even included me and you because he brought the gospel to the Gentile world, and we are Gentiles. Yet, even with that, we have the same mandate <laughs> that Paul did to tell others about Jesus. You know, all of us have good friends. And I think about this a lot of times. I don't want anybody that I love to be in danger of going to hell. When you read Luke 16, that you realize that that fire that burns eternally is real. I can't even imagine someone burning in a fire that's unquenchable. But yet, you can take the time to share the gospel with it. It's the only means by which men and women can be saved. And so uh, when you think about it, we, we've got to tell them. If, if we don't tell, if we don't share, if we don't entice, if we don't share the good news of Jesus Christ, who's going to tell them? Who, who would tell them? We know that men and women still mock the message of the gospel, and people still die and go to hell because they reject the gospel message. Uh, let me stop right here and say something early on in this message. Uh, 
God doesn't send people to hell. God is not willing that any should perish. He wants all to come to the saving knowledge of who he is. We go to heaven because we receive Christ, or we go to hell because we reject him. But it's our choice. We have free will. We are free will agents on this earth. God didn't force us. And and one thing I love about him, he is a perfect gentleman. He doesn't force us to do anything. And so you get to choose. You get to choose. You can choose heaven or you can choose hell, but it's your choice. Uh, No one else uh, can make that choice for you. So let's talk about the superiority of the gospel. Thus, Paul could say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because of his conversion experience. And he knew the truth that it was the gospel that had set his life free. Paul knew that there was nothing like the gospel. And I agree with Paul because when you look at everything around you, judge for yourself. What has made your life better? For me, a relationship with Jesus Christ. There are times when things are rough, but God will step in. And even though I can't see him, I can feel the difference. And I know that he's making things happen in a way that should it should go. Things that should happen. Comfort that I need that he can only give. Strength that I need to go on to another day that can only come from him. I can talk to him in the midnight hour when I can't sleep or I'm restless. And he's right there with me. He hears me. So Paul stood by the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even though it had not brought him ease and comfort. It started off rough even. Because he was kicking against God, trying to kill God's people. And God was like... Wait, hold up. <laughs> no, you're fighting with the wrong person. And you cannot take everybody out because they belong to me. And so why do we question a good question? You ask good questions. Why do you kick and scream when all God is doing is giving us liberty in Christ? Why do we fight so hard against him? I keep trying to figure that out. Why is everybody fighting so hard against love? Because God is love. And he is love from Genesis to Revelation. Why? Why do we kick and scream and, 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 and know that God is trying to bless us, but we fight against it? The Bible says in John 8 and 36, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. We are free in Christ Jesus. The liberty, the freedom to do the things that God has called for us to do is right there. God loves us. And the Bible says in Ephesians 1 and 7, in Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. In accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding. When you study this text, you see that Paul realized salvation 
incorporates all the benefits of the gospel. Because the gospel does have benefits. Study it for yourself. It includes the forgiveness of sins. It brought him reconciliation and peace with God. It brought me reconciliation and peace with God. He was adopted into God's eternal family. We are adopted into the family of God when we receive Christ. We are redeemed from slavery to sin. You know, this world has a sin nature because Satan is the, the author of it. But when you come to Christ, God takes away some of those old bad habits as we let him. I told you he's a perfect gentleman. So if I needed to stop drinking and I prayed and asked God to take it away, he'll take it away. Now, I'm a free will agent, so if I go back and pick it up, that's on me. Because he'll take the taste away. I have witness after witness after witness. They always talked about how God changed their lives. He took away things that they wanted to get rid of. One friend said he took away some, and she really hadn't even noticed it until later on when she wanted to do something and God wouldn't let her, and she realized he had taken that away. So she had to make a decision not to go back and get it. <laughs> oh, wow. He redeemed us from the slavery of sin. He also uh, gives us peace with God. He adopted us into the eternal family, but he also removed demonic forces from us. Salvation brought acquittal at the final judgment because we're in Christ. We have God's forgiveness. We've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. So God doesn't see us through our sin. He sees us through the blood of Jesus Christ. We also have glorification with Christ for eternity. Therefore, salvation is not merely going to heaven after death. It is a transformation for humanity. Salvation is the power of God at work in mankind. You know, I wouldn't know that that was true if I hadn't seen it for myself. And in myself, don't let me leave myself out of here, because God changed my life. He turned me around. Um, he took the taste of alcohol away from me. And even though at New Year's or something, I may want to have a little glass of champagne or something, I don't even want it. I, he just took it away. And it doesn't work for me now. So I leave it alone, because there's no need for it. Um... You know, I watched God working when my baby brother died. I, um, I've lost quite a few family members. And when my baby brother died, uh, it was an interesting time. I was at his home and helping his wife to do uh, the obituary for the funeral service. And one of his grandchildren came into the room where I was sitting and asked for a Bible. 
There were men in the room, and they some of them mocked him and made fun of his request. Told him he didn't know what he was asking for. And so I stopped what I was doing and asked my sister-in-law if she had a Bible. And she proceeded to look for it. She stopped, got up, gave him the Bible. And I, su I suggested that she turn to Psalms 23, one of my favorites, the Lord is my shepherd. And we gave it to him so he could read the passage for himself. He is a child, and he needed comfort because he had lost his grandfather, and he was hurting. And so uh, just trying to make sure that he was comforted during that time. He continued to walk back and forth outside of the doorway until everyone left the room. And once they left, he came in and sat next to me. He asked if I would tell him about Jesus. And I was excited to share the gospel with him. And he received Jesus as his personal savior. I must say, <laughs> he did not know me because he'd never met me. But Jesus was calling him to salvation. You know, the scripture says, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. And so that day, the power of the gospel saved his soul. And so we should always be compelled to share the truth of God's love with a lost and hurting world. And let me say to you, age has nothing to do with it. Because I accepted Christ at nine years old. And I've been learning of him and growing in him ever since. The gospel transforms a life. It takes time. I'm glad that God uses a process. It takes time to grow in the word, to study the word, to get it in your heart, and then to begin to walk it out in your life. But let me tell you that I can assure you that when you make that decision, God will work with you. We too have confidence in the gospel. We should. <laughs> because if it's changed your life, you know it can change someone else. So do we live and share our faith in a way that demonstrates our absolute confidence in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Remember, the Bible says that if we are ashamed of Jesus and his words, he will be ashamed of us when he comes in his glory and in the glory of his father and the holy angels. Luke 9 and 26. Even through great opposition, Paul showed absolute confidence in the gospel. You know, he was beaten, arrested, placed in prison. And in fact, during some of this that was going on, uh, Paul was in prison. I feel like I got to sneeze, excuse me. But um, he never gave up. So let's, let's, <laughs> let's think about that. When the Bible says in verse 16, he who has believed has been baptized and has been baptized shall be saved. Mark states how the power of the gospel is sufficient to bring salvation and change lives. It is the power 
of God at work. So let's look at the sufficiency of the gospel. The gospel is sufficient because it needs no help. It is sufficient for it is the power of God for salvation. Paul's confidence in the gospel was based on its sufficiency. It was sufficient to change his life. Paul was a rascal. Paul was doing things at the time that was taking people's lives. Paul was going to stone Stephen. <laughs> and he even held on to the guy's items so that they could get the stones and stone Stephen to death. But God changed all that in his life. Paul went from being a murderer to a missionary through the love of Christ, the sufficiency of God's gospel, that gospel that transforms. And he was transformed immediately. So for some people it's immediate, for some people it's a process. I think it depends on your surrender power. If you give your heart to Jesus and you're serious about it, God will change you. Um, <laughs> Paul was a witness to his life being transformed immediately. It, God even changed his name because his name originally was Saul and God changed his name to Paul. You know, Saul the murderer <laughs> became Paul the missionary and gave his life for the sake of the gospel. He wrote most of the New Testament. Uh, read about him when you get a chance. Go to Acts chapter 9 and then read on about his missionary journeys that he did because he had great missionary journeys. The Bible says in Colossians 1, 4 through 6, Because we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up in you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel, that has come to you in the same way. The gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just it, as it has been doing among you since the day you heard of it, and truly understood God's grace. Wait a minute. Isn't it amazing? The gospel is still growing throughout the world. People ignore it. People try to stop it. It is the one thing that moves across this earth and people come to Christ even in the jungle region. I met a gentleman at Dallas Baptist University and sometimes I'm an adjunctor and I teach and so he was sharing with me that in the jungle, in the jungle where there was no one but him at the time, he prayed that God would show himself, and if he was real, he would come in and change his life. And as I sat there and listened to that young man talk about that, he came to Christ because he asked God to come. Christ met him right where he was and came into his heart, and he was transformed into a new creation. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. Uh, in, in the same way, the gospel is still bearing fruit 
and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing since the day that I heard of it and you heard of it and truly understood God's grace. The gospel turns a person filled with rage and resentment from their past into a peaceful person full of joy. I've watched it change some people's lives and been amazed as I watched it transpire. <laughs> um, true story. I met a lady when I was working at the post office. She was an interesting lady. We became friends. And, and and later on became close sisters in Christ. Haven't heard from her in a long time. But she cussed like a sailor. I'd never seen anybody or heard anybody cuss the way she did. Um, I didn't know that was that there were that many cuss words. <laughs> but we we worked together. And so one night when we were leaving to go home, I asked her if I could pray for her. She told me, Yeah, you can pray for me. But I'm not closing my eyes. And so I said, okay, that's fine, no problem. God will hear your prayer, eyes open or close. It does not matter. I'm glad that he can hear us no matter what, where our position is. Because there are times when I'm driving in my car, my eyes wide open, hands on the steering wheel. And Jesus and I are having a real serious conversation. And I'm praying and talking to him. And I know that he hears me because I have seen the prayer answered. And so uh, I held her hands and I prayed. And so we progressively kind of got to know each other. And every now and then I'd ask her if I could pray for her. And she said, yeah, you can pray. You know, she was such a hard person. She had been through so much that my heart bled for her. So I continued to pray for her, and I prayed that maybe one day she would receive Christ in her heart and that God would do a work in her life. She did. The day came, she received Christ, and I left the post office because I started my own business, and she left because she moved to another state. She called me probably about three, four years later after she had moved, and she said, Marion, Marion, I had to call you because I'm a Christian. And I was like, huh, who is this? And she told me who it was, and she said, I got it. She said, I finally got what you were trying to show me. She said, and I love Jesus, and he's real in my heart. And she began to cry on the telephone. And I was praising God, answered prayer. God showed up and showed out. Now, it took some time for this to occur because um, I think at first she, she didn't get it. But like she said when she called me, I got it. And so she became a Christian. In, in 1 John 1 and 1, the Bible says, That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which is with the Father and has appeared to us. 
The Bible says the gospel changes lives. Can I get a witness? <laughs> I have seen some lives change, like that young lady. And I've seen many others change. I've seen guys that were hard, that were doing drugs and alcohol, become Christians and leave those things behind. I've seen people with hearts that were hard be softened to the point that they could hear Christ and then they were ready to receive him. The power of the gospel is sufficient. And we're called by God to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. So we need to share the gospel. You know, ask yourself a question. Since your life has been changed by the gospel, don't you want to tell another person or everybody that you know how to have the love of Christ? The peace of Christ that surpasses all understanding. The provision of Christ. The protection of Christ. We're in a dangerous world right now. I want God to protect me. I know he can be wherever I am, whenever I'm at a different place, a location, a, a state, a city, or someplace overseas even. God is the one who can be with me no matter where I go. I need him. Then why won't you tell them? Tell them Jesus loves them. Tell them there's a better way. We should always be compelled to share the truth of God's love with this lost and hurting world. And the world is hurting right now. We need the love of Christ to give us the peace that <laughs> transcends our understanding. Because we don't understand that. We don't know that without Christ. We don't know peace. We don't know love without Jesus Christ. In the A part of verse 16, the Bible says, He who believes and has been baptized shall be saved. It states how the power of the gospel is sufficient to bring salvation and to change life. Therefore, knowing the power of the gospel, we should be compelled to share our faith with family and friends and associates. You know, my brother, I lost my older brother not long ago. Uh, and I've had some great loss in my family. Uh, but I kept talking to him about Jesus. He was seriously ill. And when he finally allowed me to begin to go to the doctor with him, I realized that his liver was dying from him drinking alcohol so much. So I began to talk to him because I knew that our mom shared Christ with all of us. And I knew that he had prayed to receive Christ, but I also had watched him live in such a way that I just wanted to make sure that he knew who God was. And when I realized that he was getting ready to leave this earth, I was like, wow, Lord, I, I, don't, I don't want him to leave here without you. I want him to be with you when he leaves this earth. He's already been through enough. Lord, help him to know you love him and that you're right here. So I shared Christ with him. And I asked him if he'd like to renew his relationship because I knew that he actually had prayed to receive Christ. 
And he did. And it was amazing because when he left this earth, as concerned as I was about him, when he closed his eyes on this side and I was there with him, there was the sweetest aroma in the room of a beautiful field of flowers. It was mind-blowing. My grandson and I were there together, and it was mind-blowing because it was like we were standing in a field of flowers that we could not see. And I said that was the peace of God over my brother's life and he smiled and he had this smile locked in on his face and I said for me that let me know that he was at home with God the gospel is simple the gospel is simple it is salvation to everyone who believes And the Bible says in John 1 and 12, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes in him. Faith. We come to God by faith. When we hear the word, it gives us faith to come to God. It's a simple message, though even... (laughs) The old and wise or even a little child can come to know and receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And as they grow in the word, the Lord comes in and helps them to become stronger and more knowledgeable. He wants us to know him and to understand him. Could anything be simpler than that? (laughs) It's a free gift from God. It is a simple gift. It is a free gift. And because God is love, because he is, from Genesis to Revelation, God is love. The Bible says in John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believed in him should not perish, but have eternal life. John three fifteen. Wow, that everyone who believes may have eternal life. You know, God didn't come in the world to condemn it, but he came so that the world could be saved. The world tries to make him out to be a bad guy, but God is really a loving, caring, compassionate God who is there for us. And again... You know that when we receive him, he allows us to come in and dwell with him eternally. The gospel is the power of God to transform lives, but it hinges on faith. We receive the gospel by faith. Yet it is God's Holy Spirit drawing us to faith in Christ. God draws us. Don't don't ever think that we rush out there and grab him. No, when he calls us, he's been calling you to come to salvation. He called me when I was a kid to come to salvation. That's one of my favorite things to do. I I have worked with decision counseling and helping people and street witnessing and all that. And I always ask people, how long has God been calling you before you finally decide that you're going to answer him? Because if you look at it, and you even go back in your mind and think about it, 
he's probably been calling a long time. You just haven't answered. I told you he's not willing that anybody should perish, but that all should come to the saving knowledge of who he is. And so he draws us to faith in himself. As we hear the gospel, our faith is strengthened. We believe. We walk by faith, not by sight, y'all. We walk by faith, not by sight. Because we hear the gospel before we begin to live it out. And that faith comes that gives us and empowers us to be able to say yes to a Savior that <laughs> we're not even sure how it's going to work, but we know his word. And you watch his word and you see the truth of his word and you say, yes, I want Jesus. But Jesus has been calling you all the time. So today is a good day to say yes to the Lord Jesus. You know, we come to Christ and it is faith alone in Christ alone. Nothing else is needed. Just faith alone in Christ alone. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever approaches him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. You know, we need to seek Christ. We need him to change our lives. We need him to love us. So as I close, let me say that we know that the gospel is superior. Oh, yes, there's nothing like it. I don't care what else you read. I don't care what else you hear about. Um, I graduated with Christian ministries, uh, studies from Dallas Baptist, and I can tell you I haven't seen anything else like the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God for salvation. So it is superior. And we know that the gospel is sufficient. We know that the gospel is simple. Yet there are many of you listening today who do not know the gospel message. Like Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. Today you can believe in Jesus Christ and receive the free gift of eternal life through faith. Faith alone in Christ alone. Have you come to know and experience the life-changing power of the gospel? Not just hear about it. But accept it in your own heart and know that it is truth. It is the transforming power of God that will change everything about your life. The gospel changed my life. The message was clear. Jesus loves me. You know, Jesus was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He died on an old rugged cross for your sin and mine. He was buried in a borrowed tomb because he wasn't going to need it long. He wouldn't be there long, so it was borrowed. Yet Jesus rose early on Sunday morning with all power in heaven and on earth in his hand. That is the gospel message. If you're a Christian, what does the way that you live reveal about your confidence in the gospel? Can you say with confidence, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? How do you live in your home, your workplace, or your community? Just know 
that when you look at what Paul is talking about, you see that he realized that salvation includes all the benefits of the gospel. It includes the forgiveness of sin, and I'm going to say this to y'all again, Romans 3, 23, if you need some references. 1 John 1 and 9, because if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. We all have sinned and come short of God's glory, that's, that's for certain. We need him. Uh, it brought him to reconciliation and peace with God, Romans 5, 8 through 10. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He loved us so much he gave his life so that we could have eternal life. He was adopted into God's eternal family, Ephesians 2 and 19. Consequently, guys, <laughs> we are no longer foreigners and strangers when we come to Christ, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. I'm glad to be in the family of God. The king is my daddy. Christ the king is my father. He has redeemed us from slavery to sin and death and other demonic forces because there's plenty of them on earth right now. Salvation brought acquittal, release from slavery. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 in the Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Acquittal at the final judgment and glorification with Christ in eternity. Colossians 1 and 22. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight. Jesus loves us. Therefore, salvation is not merely going to heaven after death. It is a transformation for humanity. Salvation is the power of God at work in mankind. You know, Jesus loves us. It is the love of God that compels us. Can you say with confidence, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? in your home, in your workplace, in your community. So let me just pray, and I want to lead us in a prayer that if you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and I know you, you, once you get to know him, you'll want him to be Lord of your life, that you can do that today. Today is a mighty good day to come to know Jesus as your Savior. He loves you. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you're saved. Get you a Bible. Begin to learn the word of God. Hide his word in your heart so that you can grow and allow him to become Lord of your life. Jesus loves you. Father, I thank you for these that are here with me on this 
Fishbowl Network today. I pray that someone received your word and that they decided to give their life to you. I pray even now that you would grow them in your word. I pray that they would get into your word and discover how much you really love them. And that, Lord, even now, they will become new creations in you. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your holy and righteous word. Let it find fertile ground on which to fall and let it take root. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to thank you for spending this time with me today. Um, Jesus loves you. And, and I want to thank you even for coming and joining me today on a cup of refreshing. You know, the Bible says that we are refreshed by the word of God. We are refreshed through the study of God's holy word. And here on a cup of refreshing, we listen to great preaching because we have special guests. We interview amazing guests and we worship. <laughs> Just know that God's word brings about times of refreshing, and his love never quits. So I want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, please come back each Friday. We're here each Friday from noon to 1 o'clock on the Fishbowl Network, and we'll have a special guest next week. So come on by so you can enjoy our special guest. Let's finish our time with a special time of worship. The song is by the Brooklyn Tabernacle Singers, and the name of it is Use Me. Thank you again for spending this time with me in the Word of God, and please come back next Friday for a time where you will be refreshed by the Word of God. God bless you. Have a great day weekend.
took a man called Moses with a rod in his hand. Told Moses, take the rod. 